Listening Dog Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The hot mess mum. The mum most likely to send her kids to school in regular clothes on non-school uniform day. The mum who forgets to sign the permission slip for school trips. The mum who has probably put leftovers in her kids' lunchbox on more than one occasion. But most importantly, the hot mess mum is actually rocking it and is doing a far better job than even she thinks. Please welcome our hot mess mums, telling it as it is, Kelly and Jenny Powell. It's the Hot Mess Moms Club podcast. I'm Kelly Peck. And I'm Jenny Powell. And we are delighted to have on our Hot Mess Moms podcast the wonderful Sarah Jane Honeywell, presenter, singer, actress, and mum of two who have presently got diarrhea and sickness, I think. So, yeah. Oh, no! <laughs> We're proud to be working with Swan this series so we can tell you about all of their stylish products including their stunning purple retro range, which is the perfect addition to any family home. For 20% off Swan's gorgeous products, head to swanbrand.co.uk and use the discount code HOTMESSMUMS20. The Hot Mess Mums Club with Swan, celebrating 90 years of magic moments. It was all so glamorous, wasn't it, Sarah, till I said that? It was, well, when you said singer, I was like, eh? I'm not like well, I pretend I can, I think, but I cannot. <laughs> oh, I thought you could. I'm rubbish. I mean, I did the West End. Oh, come on, Sarah. Don't be shy. You can't come on this podcast and say, I did the West End, but I can't sing. See, I think um, my, some of my friends who I worked with, if they heard you say singing, they'd be like that. <laughs> so thank you for that. I'll take that today. <laughs> well, I love a fun fact. And I've got a great one about Sarah Jane. I don't know if you know this, Jen, but uh, my husband told me she's actually a contortionist. Oh, hello. That's Andy in the bedroom, isn't it? (laughs) Yes. That's how I got a handsome man, I think, because I'm bendy. (laughs) That's my favorite. What? Oh, man. Andy. Because it's Aidan Callahan's your man, isn't he? From Everdale and Hollyoaks. Um, yeah, you did good there, didn't you, girl? I did. I like. I don't know how I pulled it off. It must be the contortion. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so, how long have you guys been married? Five years. Five years. Five years on the seventeenth of September. But we did like a little sneaky thing where we got married on the fourteenth, really, and then we did. So we did it in a registry office, and then we had the big day on the 17th so we've got two dates did you do it sort of on the quiet for a reason you know like the whole thing because some people do do that and is it is it for a specific reason 
Oh, can't you tell me? No, we can. We wanted our mate, who's hilarious, to be like the vicar person. And we were at Nunsmere Hall. And we just thought, we don't want everyone just to be like, you know, really bored and hot and hating their lives. So we got a mate of ours called Ben Gallagher, who's hilarious, um, to kind of wed us, if you like. But he hasn't got a license, but he was just, yeah, he was great. He really got the party started. So that's why we did it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's quite cool, actually. I've got a few friends. Uh, you know, Denise Well, she can do weddings and all that. Oh, can she? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she'd be great, wouldn't she? You get, you'd never get a word in edgeways. I said to her, I mean, uh, you know, I'd love you to do mine and Martin's wedding, Denise. But, I mean, you'd just be like, well, do you take... Well, anyway, when I was on Loose Women and I was doing Hollyoaks and blah, 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 and she, I said, I wouldn't even get a chance to say yes. <laughs> So she sat before she's even started. Well, she comes on this podcast quite a bit. Uh, she talks lots yeah. and lots about vibrators and uh, how she wishes that Jenny would buy one. So we always look forward to that conversation. Yeah. Perhaps you don't need to. No, well, I'm not a contortionist. So, you know. <laughs> the only thing I really could say about doing contortion is I could put my head on my bum. So that was the good thing. And I've been given table and I can fit in a washing machine. But, but I'm also only four foot eleven. Is that the first line you said to, uh, is that what you said to Agent? Listen, I can fit in a washing machine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it was more than time when I met him because I had to kiss him. And I thought, oh no, he's going to hate the fact yeah. that he's got to kiss an old lady who's like a dwarf. He's just going to hate it. <laughs> so I was surprised. Oh. But yeah, no, he was. So I, yeah, I just tried to woo him with comedy. So did you meet him at work then? Yeah, I met him on a film, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, look at you nervously twiddling your hair. Yeah, I met him on a film, <laughs> it's really lovely. Yeah, I did, I met him on a film, and yeah, I just did not think he'd be into me at all. And he was texting me for ages, so he texted me for about a month. And I thought, because I'm older than him, I'm like seven years older than him, I thought, oh, that's really sweet, I bet he wants some advice about a young girl. And he's, you know, he's trying to get advice from me. And then we went out for a coffee. And he'd been texting me from New York and stuff, but I just didn't put two and two together. He said, should we go out for a coffee? And I was like, yeah. And he didn't really talk much at the coffee. And I was like, oh, you're irritating me now because I've, like, I've wasted my time. You're not even chatting. And then he walked me to the train station. And I punched him and went, bye, and ran off. And I got on the train and he texted me and said, I really wanted to kiss you then, but I thought you were going to knock me out. And I was like... Oh, I, I did not see that coming. Yeah, and then I was a nightmare. Then I was like, I do want to see you. I don't want to see you. I do, do, do. Like, I was just a nightmare because I wanted to be a cat lady. That's the thing. Oh, oh. Yeah. I'll, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so my, I, my dream was to, to be a cat lady and live in the woods on my own. Um, so <laughs> I could have lived in Wookiee's Hole. That's what I should have done. But no. And then <laughs> here I am with two children and it's the best thing I've ever done. But who'd have thought it? Not me. <laughs> And obviously, we've got to talk about the great, uh, the great, you know, I remember Gail Porter doing, you know, a similar um, uh, as you did with that amazing campaign for animal welfare as well, you know, for that charity. Um, and uh, yeah, you had a, people will recognise you from CBeebies. Um, but, you know, let's hear the story because we love it because also we're all smiling about it because the most positive life. Um, you know, was to come after. <laughs> so basically, so uh, Peter phoned me and said, will you do this thing? You can wear your bra and pants, you know, but can they be flesh coloured? And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, 
thought, didn't just didn't think anyone would care. Like I always think no one would care about me. Um, and so at the point you were doing Higgledy Piggledy House and you were, you know, there you were with Justin Fletcher and all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah we were. And you, and with that, it now like, it's not live. So we would film it for say like 12 weeks a year and then you wouldn't do it yeah. anymore. So then you're not really well, you're done. Yeah. And you might do panto and you might need the odd thing here and there, but you just kind of done. So it just didn't, just didn't cross my mind really at all. I knew that they didn't like me being a vegan though at CBBS. I knew that they were a bit, they thought that was too political. Even though I wasn't really political about it. It's all changed now then, hasn't it? <laughs> exactly. Now they've been embracing it. Um, but so I knew, I knew that was a bit dodgy. And I also knew me having a tattoo was a bit dodgy as well. Because um, <laughs> when they found out I'd had a tattoo, they looked like they were going to throw up. <laughs> so I was like, okay, this is interesting. This was not the reaction I thought they'd have. Um, and so, yeah, so I went down to Trafalgar Square. And there were a few people around. And I lay on the plate and I'd got my bra on and I'd got my little flesh-coloured pants on. And she went, she looked at me and she went, can you take your bra off? And I was like, what? No, I'm not showing my rabbit's noses. And she was like, no, you can put your hands over, but we'll just get so much more publicity if you take your bra off. And, Ooh, and I just kind of went, okay, yeah, fine. All right, I can have my hands over there. And she said, yeah, and I just thought, oh, well, that's all right then. You know what I mean? They're not, it's not my full bosoms. I'm not juggling them in people's faces. No. <laughs> so I just thought that that would be fine, but I'm so naive. And I didn't get paid for it or anything. So I also thought, you know, like if it wasn't, no. in, it wasn't gratuitous in that way that I didn't benefit from it, it was just basically to help them uh, put a message out there. It wasn't, I didn't think it was too dictatorship either. It was kind of just relate to what's on your plate and think about it. And I was like, oh, that's fine. You know, it's not saying mm. you must not, because my kids eat me and everything. So I'm not militant about it anyway. Um, yeah, and then it just, oh. <laughs> and then I think I was on Eggheads with Pat Sharp and he went, oh my God, look at this. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, no. But even then I didn't, I really didn't. <laughs> It was such a big deal until it was a big deal. And then it was. It was a big deal. For those who don't know, it was basically because Sarah Jane was on CBeebies uh, as a presenter, uh, all sweet and innocent. And then sweetly and innocently, and I mean that, <laughs> she does, you know, she does something for a, for an animal welfare charity where she's in Trafalgar Square, lying on a plate, a huge plate with some chips and peas and her as the, you know, instead of a piece of meat, it was her uh, with uh, no bra on, but her hands covering it and she got the sack. But times are different now. You see, times are different and it won't matter now. Is it true that with that, because you were with Mr Tumble and my husband told me this story and when he did, I got really annoyed and I thought, well, my kids aren't watching him anymore because you were friends. And then with that, he sort of distanced himself as these lovely people do in showbiz. And uh, he just didn't speak to you, did he? Is that right? Yeah, basically what happened was I texted him. So he'd been in the papers about Mr Tumble in sex fumble, which is not true. He, it was basically just a salacious headline where... He was doing Makaton, and Makaton, uh, one of the things for Makaton, I don't know what it is because I don't know Makaton. In Makaton, it's I like you. In British Sign Language, it's I want to sex you. <laughs> and they did it on the show, and he, yeah, and he ended up in the paper. And, of course, the BBC jumped straight on it, and he phoned me, and he was crying, and I talked him through it, and I was like, it's going to be okay. You know, the BBC are behind you. This was nothing to do with you. You didn't, it was innocent. You, you listened to the experts and you did what they said. It's just the press trying to get a story. Um, 
So then when this happened to me, and I don't, like Jenny, you must have been in this position. Like when you're in the papers and you don't mean to be, your legs actually do go from underneath you a little bit. Like it, I don't think, yeah, I didn't realise. And so therefore you know that other people don't realise. You, you like, my legs were shaking as I was walking. It was really bizarre. It was really, really bizarre. And I phoned him and I left a message and I've never heard from him since. However, I do... <laughs> I do understand because he's got a massive brand to protect and clearly being associated with me. And to be fair, not not many of them have I heard from since then. Being associated with me at that time was a really bad thing for them. And, you know, they've got to look after their own careers. And I do understand that. Yeah. And we say this at the same time because we're seeing stories that have unfolded in the few years like with Aunt McPartland who's still as he ever was you know after what he did and he's still that's it was all just accepted and 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 sort of almost put under the carpet wasn't it and uh what we're talking about with you is so minute it's crazy to think that it blew up like that and he felt the need to sort of defriend you not not be in your life anymore I just find that really sad I think there's a huge thing as well because it's you know it's due with like children's back in the day as well you just couldn't you know people always say to me god why weren't you more sex drugs and rock and roll and you must have done this you must have done that and I went I didn't because I was doing children's tv and in the 80s and the 90s and even you know beginning of the 2000 you know you, you couldn't do anything out you know there was there were you know, there were unsaid rules uh, or understandings, and that was it. Um, and I was so conscious of it, and I was like, "Oh, can't do that, really. Oh, can't do that." I mean, and then of course, you know, I remember ending up in FHM and gosh knows what later on down the line, um, and I felt really uncomfortable. I thought, "Oh, I'm not, so, you know, this is oh, this is a bit edgy." This, and I mean, now you look, you know, you turn around and. You know, I'm putting all sorts out on social media. I don't care at all. And uh, it's all, you know, it all helps with the brand. And it's all completely, it's turned upside down. In fact, I'll take my top off now. And no, but do you know what I mean? We had women that came onto the scene, like Zoe Ball, Sarah Cox, wasn't it? They mm. kind of brought that Ledette thing. When it started, it made it a little bit more acceptable for women in the media to roll out of a club drunk and not in a lot of clothing. I think they helped change that. Yeah, but I think mm. they, were, they were older kids. So I think preschool kids TV yeah. still really protected. Yeah. I don't know why, because I've got a three-year-old in there and a six-year-old, and they've seen that yeah. picture. Yeah. And Indiana, he'll go, I'll go, who's that? And he'll go, is it Mama? And I go, it is Mama. And he's like, why have you got green balls with you? <laughs> That's all yes. he sees. Yeah. That's all he sees. He doesn't <laughs> see why have you, you know, why are your, as he calls them, my blueberries out. He's just like, what are those green balls? So, I, but it's very protected, yeah, yeah. kind of preschool age. Too protected, I think. Too protected. So how was it for you afterwards? Because it's a huge thing when your career changes and it's not your decision. It's out of your hands. And it it can be very difficult to kind of go through all of that. So I read that you got quite depressed. You know, it was a dark time for you when you came away from it. Yeah, I mean, in hindsight, it's the best thing that happened to me. But at the time, I didn't realise that my job was my identity. And that was it. I didn't have an yeah. identity of my own. And I, and I lost my house. So I lost my house. I lost my career. 
I split up with a really horribly abusive partner around that time as well. Luckily, I met Aiden, so he was like my knight in shining armour. But I really felt like I had lost my identity as a, a human being. And that really, it threw me off at first. Then I lost a baby as well. So then that's what made me realise that I really wanted kids. So that was another horrible but good thing to happen because it made me go no this is this is what I want actually and I didn't think I did but I, this is what I want and um, so it was a really dark time and I was really paranoid and I was really I felt like people could just take anything away from me at any time I never, I never really had that feeling before and um, obviously you know uh, when you're an actor and a dancer and a presenter nothing is forever and you do a job here and you leave it and you do a job there and you leave it but when you're a presenter, I don't know if you find this, Jenny, you're a persona then, and people see that persona. So when yeah. when you have no platform for that, you feel like you have mm-hmm. nothing. I felt like I had nothing. Mm. But mm. it is the best thing to ever happen to me. Because also, because like you say, when you're on kids' TV, you're kind of dictated to and you're treated like a child almost. Um, you they really yes yeah they're, they're very patronizing actually to you they're really patronizing um and I think I've re- I found my voice because that had been shut down by doing kids tv anyway so it was actually mm. really depressing but if, to help any people out there that feel like they are depressed and have lost their identity through covid or whatever just know that in just not very long it'll be really empowering because you'll realise that you are mm. strong and that your job and your material things, they don't define you at all. Haven't mm-hmm. defined mm-hmm. you. Yeah, because you are still that same person. Um, and I think you're right, especially with presenters. Um, you know, actors that play a different role, etc. But presenters, you are playing you, you know. And if all of a sudden you're not doing that, you're not playing you, wherever it may be on your for your for your in your career you know it's uh it's it can be soul destroying and uh that's why i think you have to always redefine yourself you know when you doesn't matter what job you've got or, or or even if you haven't at the moment you know and i do it with yoga and i actually said something today about it said how do you feel and it is you've got to take yourself away from it all and you've got to say to yourself right how do i feel and how do you? How do I feel as this person? Because this is me, and this is how I feel. Yeah. You know, you, you have to. You have to recognise the fact that you know. Forget all the fluffiness and the, all the show business in our, our um, sense of the word. But you know, deep down, you know, you're you, and you're a wonderful person. And yeah. you know, everyone's different. Everyone's unique, and that everyone has something very special. And you just got to dig deep and find it sometimes. Sound like a guru. It's yeah, pathetic. It's a guru. Like, honestly, we, we lived in a garage. So not only did I lose all my money, but I also lost all of Aidan's money for him as well. And we lived in a garage for four years while oh. Phoenix was one and Indiana was a tiny baby when we fight. Well, he was one when we moved out. And I would yeah. tarot cards for people on the telephone just to kind of make ends meet what I really found with that was talking to other people about their problems and that's all it is you're not really predicting the future you're just a, a voice mm. on the end of the telephone talking to somebody and what I realized then was actually actually as long as your kids and your family are okay nothing else matters then it's a good day if your family are okay it's a good day and that's it. That that really changed everything mm. for me. And maybe for the first time in my life, I think actually happy. 
The Hot Mess Mums Club with Swan. Now, the kitchen is never usually the prettiest room in the house, but that's all changed thanks to Swan's award-winning retro range. With the range now available in purple, you can be proud to show off your kettle, toaster and microwave and do the cooking in style. Who knew you could get good-looking pots and pans? Don't forget, you can get 20% off as well from Swan's gorgeous products if you head to swanbrand.co.uk and use the discount code HOTMESSMUMS20. The Hot Mess Mums Club with Swan. And look at you. Yeah, I mean, you've got this amazing thing with the theatre school. You're doing incredible things. You've got your yes. own radio show and you sound amazing. The best music, the 90s, hello. <laughs> you've got two beautiful children, a gorgeous husband. You're smashing it. I still think I'm going to get a gotcha Oscar at radio. I still think somebody's going to come out from the movie scene and get me. But yeah, no, I just, I think because I let go, and I think that is the important thing, I kind of stopped leaning towards things and just let go and went, do you know what, I'm in a garage, I've got my kids, I'm eating popcorn, I'm laughing at this film, life couldn't be better actually. And, I, and so then when you get to there, then wherever you go from there, you've still always got that, I think. Which is really important, mm. which is really, really important. And I, you know, it is great. The theatre school I set up in three days, it was just on a whim. I was just like, oh, should I try and do this? And then it just exploded. But that is so nice mm. about to like, to just talk to kids in an honest way and say to them, look, it's all right to make mistakes. It's actually really healthy and it'll make you stronger and it'll make mm-hmm. you trust yourself and all those things, which I don't think nowadays they get told. I think certainly at senior school, they get told they've got to be perfect and they can't fail. And that's a disaster. It must be amazing, though, for you to, um, you know, use your skills um, and, and watch all these kids at the school. What, what's the age group at the theatre school? It is four to 18, and by the time they're 10, they're all taller than me. So that's a shame. <laughs> Gosh, you got your hands full there, haven't you? You really have got your hands full. Do you think your, your kids, uh, will Phoenix and Indiana take part, or do they? Uh, Phoenix won't, because he is going to be an engineer. He is only interested in architecture right. and the Titanic, and he knows how to build bridges, and he watches documentaries all the time. Indiana is a bit feral, so he, yeah, I'm sure he'll be in the entertainment business because he's wild. <laughs> yeah, no, I was going to say, because I was emailing you, wasn't I? I was emailing uh, Sarah just to double check dates and things, and she'd been really poorly. Your husband had been away, um, and you'd done something daft, like 78 hours of working, fallen asleep, and uh, your kids were looking after you. And I said to Chris, God, I just, I wouldn't be able to stand up working like that now, all those hours. Uh, you're just juggling everything, aren't you? I am, yeah. But I'm, that was, yeah, we did summer school. We did summer school, and and so not all the kids can afford to do summer. So basically, at this at this our school, because I am soft, we give away about fifteen hundred pounds worth of free lessons a month, which I know. Is mm-hmm. But I don't want kids to lose out if because their parents can't yeah. afford it, and so I just let them come in. So we did summer school, and not all the kids can afford summer school. So I just thought, well, I'm not going to cut the classes as well, because that's not fair. So I just ended up working every day from, like, 8 in the morning, because some of them wanted to get there early because they just wanted to, until 10 at night every day. And then on Saturdays I did that, and then I came and did radio, and I was literally, the kids hardly stand. <laughs> but I did it with wow. because... It's, it is rewarding. Like you see that they're happy, and that's nice. Mm. Nice for me. That makes me happy. Yeah. So it's selfish in a way. 
and you're always sort of picked up, aren't you? There's always snaps of you in, in various magazines and newspapers. I mean, you are well fit. Uh, you've got an amazing sort of shape. What do you do for it as well as a, as a working, knackered mum? Let's face it, we all are. Well, I eat sweets and drink Diet Coke and dance. <laughs> I like this. And that's it, and that's it. And I'm just having a wrangle with my little boy's school at the moment because they say he's got to take in healthy snacks. And I'm like, no, he doesn't. He can eat what he wants. And I don't think you should dictate what children eat. I certainly don't think you should restrict them because that makes them obsessed about things. So I'm having a wrangle with his school at the moment going, don't tell him what to eat and what he can't eat. That's... And I had an eating disorder. So I'm like, hang on, don't be telling people what they can eat right. and eat. That's ridiculous. Hold back a minute. If I want to give him Haribo yeah. and a flapjack for his dinner, that's what he'll have. <laughs> but yeah, so, yes, right. my diet is what what I can grab while still dancing around. <laughs> I, even when I do the radio show, I don't sit down. Like, I dance the whole time. Yeah, you, it's interesting. You're talking about eating disorders. I mean, it's, you know, everyone... We, it's great that, you know, everyone opens up and they talk about it more than they they used to. Um, and it's a huge, huge issue now, especially after uh, COVID and lockdown. Yeah. Um, you know, in, in all generations. Uh, and obviously social media does not help um so again with your theater school is that something that you know you, you feel like you're watching over and you're you're very conscious of yeah um, and I'm really open with them I'm really really open with them about food and the way that they look and what I have suffered and then, you know even at the theater school like we have a tuck shop we have a tuck shop and they can have healthy stuff yeah. we've got all the other stuff as well I think what's really dangerous with children my husband will agree with this. So when I was a kid, I was allowed to eat whatever I wanted. And now, even though I did have an eating disorder, now if I've got a chocolate biscuit, I'll eat just one chocolate biscuit. And then when I'm full, I'll stop because I've never kind of stopped myself. Or certainly as a child, I never, I was never stopped having crisp chocolate or sweet. So I don't have a thing about it. My husband, he was only allowed treats, as he, they were called, on a Friday. And that was it. And he still... If he's got a chocolate bar, even if he is full up to the brim and feeling sick, he will eat the whole thing. Um, and so that I think that's why I think restricting children. And that's what I learned when I was kind of in eating disorder clinics is restricting yourself as human beings. If we if we tell ourselves when we can't have something, we immediately want it. That's all we want. It. Yeah, that's so true. Well, I read something about your plate. You know, when you say to them, uh, you're not leaving this table to your plate's clean. And it's a while ago now I was reading this and the person writing it said it's the wrong thing to say to a child because you're just teaching them that they have to eat absolutely everything in front of them. So just let them have whatever. Um, yeah. We went on Disney cruise recently and the amount of mums I heard say that to their kids, you're not leaving this table until you've cleaned your plate. There's so much food on those cruises as well. It's daft. I mean... I won't do that with my kids, you know. Yeah. They have a little bit of cereal. They might have a bit of toast. They maybe have a muffin, you know, and fruit. And I just let them do the same at dinner. Um, so they sort of pick their way through, if you like. They know when they're full. Um, you can't expect someone to sit there and just eat everything if they if they don't feel like it. I mean, I think, how would you feel? if? Well, how would we all feel if someone said that to us, you know? Yeah, it's true, isn't it? Yeah. I don't. I quite often don't finish all my food, and if I had someone telling me you can't get off, to, I, I know what I'd do with it. Yeah. <laughs> but also, I like this. It's quite refreshing. This. But when you're full, you're full. So one of the things that I was taught was, you know, your your stomach is the size of your fist, so you can't fit that much in it anyway. And once you're full, 
you're full and you should listen to that otherwise you start overrising it I mean my kids I don't care like I'll let them have if they want a kinder egg for breakfast I let them but what's really interesting is often they don't want that because they're allowed so they're just like oh I know mum I want toast or actually can I have a pancake or I'm okay or I want strawberries they don't there's uh, there's no mystery around it because mm-hmm. they know I could just they could just have it but I have to so so I went in the eating disorder clinic with bulimia and they did really good work with me there they were amazing and I left when I was 24 and from 24 to 47 my weight literally hasn't changed just from eating whatever I want but right. my body um mm-hmm. and that's basically what I do and obviously when I was pregnant I put on Mm. stone with both pregnancies but even with that I did exactly the same thing I ate when I was hungry I ate what I wanted I stopped when I was full I didn't count calories I never count calories I just listened to my body do you think there's a massive pressure on women particularly in your industry tv and presenting you know have you had to look a certain way Um, it seems to be getting younger and younger so do you see this at your theatre school? Mm. You know, do they look up at the Kardashians and, and women like that? Yeah, I do see it with the girls' mm. influences and stuff because obviously they um, they have Instagram and everyone's photoshops their bodies um, and they have it with their faces as well. I think in our industry it's actually men now that get picked on. I think people don't dare say to women, you've got to lose weight or you need to do this. I think with men, I know certainly with my husband, he's been told or, you know, your arms need to be bigger or you need to get fitter or you're looking a bit dad, mm. which you wouldn't get away with, with a, right. at all. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Um, th- so it's moved on. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Yeah, and with the, but with the girls at the school, the boys are all okay, but they're young boys and they're thinking about, well, they're boys, so they, don't, they just think about what's in front of them. <laughs> Whereas with the girls, I have had... <laughs> I have had the conversation with them about, I worked with an editor and I remember he told me that he was doing um, a Lancome work with a very, very famous and very beautiful young lady. And he told me that they photoshopped every single frame of that advert. So if her chin or a nose or the shadow was a bit strange, and this is, I, I, this, we're talking a beautiful girl. And I do tell the kids that story mm. from the industry because I think it's really important yeah. that they know that. Because they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah. And they go, but she's beautiful. And I said, I know. But you see how mm. what you see is not what you see most of the time. So mm. I'm just really honest with the kids at the school, like really honest. I think that's a lovely foundation for them as well. And, you know, for you to do that as well as, you know, do the stuff that goes on in the theatre school, like all the, you know, the showbiz bit and the singing, the dancing and the bright lights, um, that is probably just as valuable. Um, and what a wonderful thing for you to do. And coming from the experience you've had, you know, the life lessons you've had, and you should, um, yeah, you should have to take pride in that, honestly. Pat on the back for Sarah Jane. Thank you, Thank you for my hearing. Defo. I said, Jenny, you are my absolute <laughs> Like, I like you're, I think you are, you're, sim- like you're a similar age to me, but you were on TV before me, and I remember seeing you and thinking, I want mm. to be her. I, I just want to be her, but I want to look like you as well, and I don't. But I just because you just so lovely, oh, no. lovely, and yeah, I just yeah, you're my hero. So thank you. <laughs> oh, that's. Oh no, thank you. That's really lovely to say. It's really weird because something like my youngest, she always goes, you know, because you walk down the street and someone says something or whatever, and she goes, "Were you uh, were you really famous once?" I'm going, "Shut up." I said, you know, I'm current. I'm just current. I'm here. Don't worry about it. She said, 
well, I keep looking you up, mum, and it's this and there's that and there's this. And that. you used to work with a puppet once that was a sheep. And I was like, yes, what's wrong with that? I started to have to justify it and sort of like try and, and beg my children to realise, you know, that, you know, I had a bit of a presence out there. But anyway, it's funny. <laughs> Oh, God, such a big presence. We still get excited in this oh. house when we watch Top of the Pops and Jen's on. And I'll message her and say, that gold jacket you have on, on Top of the Pops, bloody love it, you know. You're a massive icon, Jenny, uh, and you still are. I mean, yeah, she is. When I met her, she said to me, the key is, I can't think of the word. What was it? Oh, missed it in my head we were talking <laughs> and you said it's about changing it's about evolving that's the mm. secret you do that in your career and evolve and you've evolving. done that in your career where so many people don't they can't we've got a famous well you're not famous but he's like he's a good director staying at our house at the moment and I said I was doing this with you and he went oh my god she's gorgeous <laughs> <laughs> is he <laughs> Yeah, and I was like, I was like, come and say no. And he was like, I'm not going to embarrass myself. No, I don't want to say that. I'm not going to embarrass myself. And this is like a really like, solid, very serious, very <laughs> direct. <laughs> we everybody loves you. Oh, bless him. Now he's good. <sighs> ah, it's all right. Tell him he's maybe made my day. Tell him that. Yeah, from me. <laughs> what were you going to say, Kelly? This better be good. I was going to say she's as lovely on the inside as she is on the outside, and I mean that as well. You. You genuinely are um, beautiful. Well, you know, Chris came home from work and said, Sarah Jane would love to be on your podcast, you know. And I said, oh, fab. And he said, yep, she loves Jenny. Um, so I know she'll say yes oh. if I pass her email on. <laughs> oh, I do well, love you. See, I have my uses. I have my uses. So, no, but I, I'm great. I'm glad that I inspired you. And funnily enough, I think Gail Porter it also got a bits out. She um she went into TV presenting because of um uh well she she saw me presenting on the TV as well. Because There's quite a few people when I look back and they'll always say oh, I went into TV because of you and I'm like oh so it's quite nice because everybody that I've met including you Sarah Jane you know they they've, they've contributed so hugely um you know for especially in children's TV etc and then also now for young people and what you're doing so yeah pat on the back for me as well. Yes, you're like a magical fairy. What the <laughs> and what's next, Sarah? What's next on the cards for you? Because you have your theatre school, you've got the radio show, everything's yes. going really well. Is there anything on that sort of list um, that you, you still want to do? Or just like you were saying, you're really happy where you, at, you are now and that's enough? I think... I, there's always part of me, because I am very driven anyway, there's always part of me that's going, oh, what should I do next? What should I do next? Um, so I try and shut that part of myself down because I do want to spend time with my kids and stuff. I did a film not long ago, um, which was great. It was for a friend of mine. I do have an agent now, but I don't really actively look for any work because I'm kind of... I kind of have lost that passion a little bit. It's really sad to say, but I have lost that passion a little bit. Um, I would quite like to, well, first of all, I do deal a lot with children's mental health at the school, um, a lot, more than anything, actually, more than the drama and the singing. And mm -hmm. That's kind of, it's become, it was supposed to be, I never wanted it to be kind of like a stagey balls musical theatre school. I wanted it to be mm -hmm. real. But now that's kind of, it's more of a vehicle to help the kids get confident. 
I've found and it is more a journey of mental health with them. So I'd kind of like to do something more with that. And I have started talking to the Lincoln University and a friend of mine who's got a charity for kids' mental health and also families of children who suffer from mental health. Because obviously they're the siblings, the parents often are quite mm. abused by kids that that are stuck in this kind of labyrinth of yeah. of of sadness usually and um, so I'd quite like to do something mm. like that and also at the moment I would like to expand the theatre school um, and get a, a premises and there's part of me that would like to set up kind of in Lincoln a, a kind of Sylvia Young school um so mm. so because I think well I tell you can't you shut down um and I think the thing about because I'm northern so the thing about for northern kids is there's they have to go to London to do that to, to do yeah. that sort of thing mm. and London's not the ideal place to send your kids actually um where they go and send no. gigs and get the train and so I think it, it would be nice to be able to set something like that up here in Lincoln so that if kids are sending their or if parents are sending their kids from Manchester or from Leeds or something they're not going all the way to London and they're closer yeah that's kind of a dream, but that is... Oh, that's a brilliant idea. Yeah, that's amazing. I went to Italia Conti, and you know what? The one thing was that thing about London and getting into London. I always used to think, gosh, what... Even to this day, being up north in Manchester now, you know, I talk to lots of people, lots of parents say, oh, yeah, she, you know, she really is interested in stage and theatre, but, you know, unless she goes to London, it's always, unless I have to get them to London. And it's as in... It, it can't really, you know, practically be an option. And I think that would be a wonderful thing, Sarah. I really do. I think you should go for that. Defo. I've been looking. I've got the ki- I've got the kids an agent, but she's a nice agent that I'm like, you can't damage these kids. So if they don't pull it out of the bag for you, mm. that's their kids so tough and you just have to do that. And she's great. But yeah, I just, there's part of me that feels like it would be nice to have something for Northern kids. For us northern kids. Um, but yeah, I am not very good at admin, which is why I give so much no, I give so much away for free to help the kids. I'm not very good at admin and I'm not very good at um like being business like. Do you know what I mean? I'm not very good at being business like mm-hmm. in a meeting. I'd have to meet with councils no. and stuff and I talk about my rabbits' noses and <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> I bet they love it. They love it. You could talk about your rabbit's noses as much as you like, as much as Denise Welsh talks about vibrators for me. Don't you worry. And I'd love you to come back and tell us about that day when you opened. Well, we'd like the invite for the opening of the Sarah J. Yeah, the Honeywell School of Theatre and the Arts and <laughs> and looking after your mind first and foremost yeah. and your mental health. It'd be wonderful. Yeah. So you've got a thumbs up. Uh, thumbs up from us here on the Hot Mess Mums Club. And thank you so much. Thank you. Cool chick. Thanks for having me. One cool chick, that's you. Thank you. So nice to meet you. And you as well, of course, Kelly. But it's so nice to meet you, Jenny Powell. Yes, always. Always. The Hot Mess Mums Club with Swan. Designed for life. Thanks to Swan for sponsoring this episode. Don't forget to check out their beautiful purple retro range and give your kitchen a makeover this autumn. To see more of Swan's products, head to swanbrand.co.uk and use the discount code HOTMESSMOMS20 for 20% off.